Hi, I'm Kira from Katona, New York. I'm Russ from Bloomington, Indiana. I'm Natalie from Boston, Massachusetts. The Style of Young America is an independent production. Supported by listeners like me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Dave Holmes, in for Jesse Thorne. My guest this week is Tig Notaro, an accomplished comedian whose live act has been on this program many times before. Her first album, Good One, is out right now on Secretly Canadian Records. Let's hear a clip from it. Having the name Tig, a lot of people come up to me that are huge fans of uh, Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Tigger, too. This one woman came up, she said, oh my gosh, I just have to tell you, I am such a huge fan. So much so that I changed my name to Pooh. Poo? Why poo? Why not Winnie? Or even the? I like my name though. A lot of people change their names or give their names away to things. Things like Lou Gehrig's disease. Or Jenny Craig. That's somebody's name. My name is Tig Notaro, and I know I wouldn't want to be driving down the road one day and see a billboard that said, I did Tig Notaro for three weeks and lost 50 pounds. (laughs) Or maybe I would. (laughs) Yeah, you bet. Hi, Tignataro. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, good one. Out August 2nd. First comedy CD. How do you feel? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I, uh, I've been doing stand-up for a really long time. Like, like 13 maybe years. And um, I'm certain there are people that have done it longer than that. But it's a decent amount of time. And um, I just, it, I don't know, never really, I never cared about putting out a CD. But then... The record label that I'm on, Secretly Canadian, which is a indie rock label, right. they're based in Bloomington, Indiana, and um, one of their musicians, Jens Lechman, he's a Swedish uh, rocker dude. Sure. You know Jens? I do. I, not personally, but yes. Okay. Well, he, uh, he was a fan of my stand-up and asked me to go on tour with him, and so when I was on tour, his label saw me all the time, and, um, and then they offered me this deal, and I called my manager going... I'm going to sign this contract. And he was like, well, we'll look over it. And, and I was like, yeah, look over it all you want, but I'm, I'm going to sign this contract. <laughs> That's good. You know? Yeah. Cause there, there's just like, I, I had gotten offers from other comedy labels, but I felt like I'm very aware of where I am in my career. Right. And I know I'm not some huge household name. And so I felt like I'd just be floating around in the sea of everybody. Right. In releases. So with, this label, I felt like because I'm their only comedian, I'm going to hopefully stick out. You right, know? right. Did you, uh, was it all one show? Did you string together a bunch of shows? Yeah, I, I did one show. I, I had not 
been very good about um, taking care of recording a show and sending it to my label. And um, and then I went on tour with Sarah Silverman, and we were doing a tour through the Midwest in a big um, tour bus, like all fancy style. And we were going through Bloomington, Indiana, which is where the label is based. And um, the president of the label was like, you know, you're coming through Bloomington with Sarah already, and you haven't turned in your CD, right. and we need it in a matter of hours right. uh, or days, whatever, you know. Um, what if we set up a show in Bloomington and record the CD? And I was like, oh, well, like, what kind of, you know, we have three days to promote it. Like, that, are you sure people will show up? And he was like, yeah, we'll take care of everything. And what they did was the coolest thing. They um, got this recording studio, which is used for bands. And they invited um, an audience to come in. And I recorded my CD in this rock studio. Are you serious? It really sounds like a comedy club. All my friends are having kids. And um, they also send out email updates but I love getting those. Uh, what I can't stand is when they include the question, can you believe it? <laughs> Caitlin, starting kindergarten this year. Can you believe it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what is she, about five? That sounds about right. Yeah, I can believe that. But like, if they were to contact me and say, Caitlin has never grown any bigger. <laughs> since the day she was born. Never spoken a word at all in her life. She's graduating from college today. Can you believe it? I'd be like, oh my God, no. I can't believe that. Send more photos. But can I believe that Caitlin is following the natural progression of life? Yeah, I can totally wrap my head around that. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with stand-up comedian Tig Notaro, whose album Good One is available for purchase and download right now. And now, at local record stores. And at local record stores, <laughs> if your town has a record store, mm-hmm. which it might not. And even if it doesn't, you could travel to another store right. and purchase it. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, you're able to transport it between counties. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You also recently did a project for the Logo Network, mm-hmm. correct? What was mm-hmm. that all about? Uh, it was, uh, I do a show regularly at Largo at the Cornet Theater in Los Angeles, and um, it's a show called Tig Has Friends, and it's a themed show that's a talk and variety show. And I'll have my guests be, um, that's the theme. Like, it's all actors or uh, comedians, singers, or, um, you know, it could be all my old roommates, whatever, just the theme, you know. And so I come out on stage, I do stand-up, then I introduce my guests. And then when the guests come out, I interview them, but not in a 
hey, what's your latest project? Or um, who are you dating? It's more ridiculous kind of questions. Like, Dave, my father left when I was six months old. What was your most embarrassing moment? You know, type of questions Mm -hmm. where you can answer it in any way that you want. Right. And then after that, my guests do hidden talents. So you can see maybe your favorite singer or comedian balancing spoons on their face or doing the moonwalk or um, which are things you want to see. Of right? course, yeah. Just ridiculous stuff that you, that'll kind of endear you to the person. And then, um, then I go into the audience and uh, do a Q&A so the audience gets to ask the questions that I clearly did not care to ask, you know? And, uh, so Sarah Silverman executive produced it. It was her idea because she would come to the show or she's been on the show. And and then one day she was like, that needs to be a TV show. And I said, Oh, okay. And she's like, like, I'd love to produce it. And I was like, Oh, knock yourself out. Cause I, I just, I didn't think I knew Sarah had only produced her stuff and not that she, cause she's not even close to flaky, but I just thought, you know, people, say they want to do things. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't want you to send me into meetings saying, oh, Sarah Silverman's attached to produce this. Right. I said, if you're going to produce it, I want you to take control and handle it. Right. And she said, I absolutely will. And she completely did and um, did an amazing job. And we got uh, cast members from Mad Men uh, on the pilot. And uh, we turned the pilot in and now we're waiting on a response. And if... If the um, if the uh, network doesn't pick it up, then we can take it to other networks and do what we want. Do what you want. Yeah. Well, what I'm getting is that Tig Notaro is easily persuaded into huge, awesome projects. Easily. Right? It, it really <laughs> seems like people are just coming to you saying, hey, record an album. Hey, <laughs> let me produce your show. And you say, all right. All right. Yeah. Do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be cool about it. Yeah. It's a terrific attitude to have. Yeah. It really is. You also tell a story on Good One about a man approaching you on the street, and we would love to play a clip from that, if we can. So I live in Los Angeles, and uh, I was walking through my neighborhood down the sidewalk, and uh, I was passing this guy, and uh, right when we were passing each other, he said to me, right when we were passing each other, he said, Ah! Them little titties! she was a man <laughs> it's like okay okay if you think that and okay if you say that to yourself but that thought had to go through several layers of filters in his mind in a checklist and he still decided yeah I'm gonna need to say this Like, think of all the things he decided not to say. (laughs) Things like, good afternoon. (laughs) Or, um, (gasps) oh, I was going to say something, but I decided not to. (laughs) Nope. He went with, ah. Them a little titties. I thought she was a man. So, 
this uh, sort of true story? I've never heard that. No? No, I've never so heard that. So there it is. But... There it is for uh, the first time. Yeah, that is a true story. Yeah. I was walking uh, on the sidewalk in uh, Venice, yeah. California. If that's going to happen, that's going to happen in Venice. <laughs> or downtown. Or yeah. in Hollywood. Really? Or really anywhere. Certain areas town. of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. By Playboy Liquors, I feel like that could happen. Oh, yeah. But um, it's absolutely true. And I was like, oh. Friends are like, what did, what did you say? Uh, nothing. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm a woman. I, I, yeah, I know they're small. I, uh, sir, please, I, I'd like to yeah. clear things up with you. Yeah, let's sit down You and seem talk. reasonable. Yeah. I, I want to make sure we're on the same pa- Sir, that's not a toilet. Mm. Uh, people do feel free to just kind of say whatever they feel, mm-hmm. which is upsetting. Yeah, I, I wasn't upset. I, I really had a, a laugh to yeah. myself because yeah. I just I was so sorry that I was alone, you know, right, right. and that that bit actually was two different ideas that my brain had been working on separately. Right. Because for a while I was thinking about the concept of boring people when they're talking to me. I can't fathom why their brain chose the story they're telling me. Like, I, like it makes me wonder what is trapped in their head. Like, yeah. what, what is that just a pool of more boring? Or is it actually fascinating stuff that they don't know how to filter out? Right. That they're just like, oh, no, I'll skip these details. <laughs> and then they're going to go into just the, this mind-numbingly boring. And I'm just like... Oh my gosh, why? Like, you know, you could have the exact same day as somebody that is so tremendously boring. And then they're like, just, uh, you're like, oh my gosh, you need to be shot or I do. Whatever, (laughs) (laughs) somebody has to die. Right. And I would prefer it to be me. And it's maybe maybe just not good at reading nonverbal cues in in the listener. It's not just that. It's just, yeah, they can't read the cues. But the fact that their brain is like, this has to come out now. Like, yeah. you need to know this story about my banana bread. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't, I don't need that information. No. And, uh, and, and so I've, that concept has always fascinated me. The way people can have the same days and then an interesting person could take away something that a boring person did not. Right. And... Um, and then when that guy said that to me on the sidewalk, then I was thinking about the idea of filters and, and what people choose to say. And then I was like, ah, oh, I can finish this bit. Boom. But it took probably a couple of years for that to just subconsciously bounce around my brain of, right. of uh, the thought process that gets filtered out of your mouth. We are here with stand-up comedian Tig Nataro. Good one. Out August 2nd on Secretly Canadian Records. Good one. How long were you doing stand-up before you were able to support yourself doing it? Mm, I, well, probably a little sooner than normal, only because of the generosity of friends and uh, family in, in ways, because I used to work at uh, Sam Raimi, the director, his uh, production company. Right. And uh, the president of his company was my boss. And after I left that job, he offered to let me live 
in his um, house, like in the extra bedroom for just like a few hundred dollars a month, all bills paid. So I got to go out on the road opening for headliners, not making a lot of money, but making enough to support myself because I was only paying like $300 rent, you know, which is unheard of in LA. So I probably started supporting myself maybe, um, maybe four years in, which was pretty quick. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, and it's not even because I was doing so well. It was just that it, again, it was just generosity from yeah, $300 apartment. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, so no good people and say things <laughs> yeah. or live in. Yeah. No, very generous, good friends. Right. And, uh, that used to be the president of Sam Raimi's company. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. and then just kind of get out there on the road and then start paying your bills. I hope everyone at home is writing all this stuff down. Mm-hmm. I really do. I want to have, uh, I want to have kids. Um, I think I'm going to have to get artificially inseminated. I love that it's called that. (laughs) Artificial insemination. Because it's not like you're not getting inseminated. (laughs) You're getting inseminated. If it was artificial, you'd go in for your doctor's appointment and they'd insert one of those sponge creatures inside of you. That expand. <laughs> the nine months later, a velociraptor. Hey, somebody artificially inseminated me. Who is the wise guy? So you're heading out to promote. Good one. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you're going to be doing some of the the, the talk shows. Sure. Televi- televised talk shows. Televised talk Which shows. This is, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, of course. You see the cameras everywhere. Uh, do you get nervous before doing a, doing a Fallon, doing a, one of those? Mm, yeah, like right before. But when I get nervous, right before I do television, um, my body starts to shut down. I start yawning and leaning on a wall. Yeah. I remember one time before I went out on stage, a producer came up and I was like, <sighs> and she was like, what? <laughs> you're, you're going you're, to we're like be 10, on nine, eight, yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a falling asleep. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, sorry, I'm just really nervous right now. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. Yeah. The exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And it reads like low energy or that I don't care or whatever. Yeah. And it could not be more the opposite. Mm-hmm. I care too much. Yeah. My body doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I just start to shut down. Yeah. And then I go out and uh, I have like a second, like in my mind where I'm like, Whoa, am I on television? Oh, yeah, I guess I am. And then I kind of get into it. Right. Um, But, yeah, seconds before I'm, like, napping. I'm in fetal position napping on my ex on the ground. (laughs) You know, (laughs) my my ready-go start position. Tig, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. That is it for The Sound of Young America this week. I have been your host, Dave Holmes. Our producer is Julia Smith. Our editor is Nick White. Our music is by Dan Wally. And you can find us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can find past episodes of this show, as well as several other programs, such as Jordan Jesse Go, Judge John Hodgman, and Stop Podcasting Yourself. If you'd like to hear me talk more, you can swing by my website at adrinkwithdave.com. Many thanks to Jesse Thorne for having me in this week. It has been a pleasure, and I hope to see you again soon.